0: And welcome to Back at the Grid I'm your host this week, Chris And I'm joined by Stu Hello And Tom is currently at the Porsche Museum So I can only assume he's going to come back next week With some kind of insider scoop on uh, Porsche's F1 entry There's no way he'd just be on holiday He's definitely there for podcast work, right? That's the only explanation Yeah Has to be (laughs) Um, It's race week though, again we've got through the sort of weird mini break we've had <laughs> mini break <laughs> yeah um it's been a it mini break and it's time for uh singapore grand prix the return to the it, singapore grand prix after a year away two years away feels like longer <clears> too, <throat> I yeah think. um so yeah we'll we'll get into that but we've got a few bits of news to get through first first one be well big bit of news actually um The FIA have approved the longest ever race calendar for the 2023 season. Again, they keep saying record-breaking like it's a good thing. Um, Mm. Not sure it is, but... uh, Not uh, all records
1: should be broken, right? Just because they can doesn't mean they should.
0: (laughs) Very much in agreement. (laughs) um so yeah 24 races uh, going from beginning of march to the end of november so actually not the longest in terms of calendar time we've had but the longest in terms of races they've packed into that time but there we go yeah,
1: it looks like a brutal schedule actually it, it really does hectic.
0: so i'm not going to do the full 24 but as a, a quick run through um obviously yeah, they've, they've all seen it
1: they've all seen the calendar they've all they all know yeah already
0: so the, the headlines really, it's obviously in Bahrain, few standalone races, including return to China, which is kind of still a bit of a TBC because there are still some extremely strict COVID rules in China and it remains to be seen if and how an F1 race can happen there. But
1: Yeah, well, I think that's why, again, like last time they announced a the record-breaking calendar, <laughs> it's not going to be the full number of races, is it, that they... Yeah, set. exactly. Straight away, soon you know the first one you bring up there, it's probably not going to happen.
0: Yeah, I mean they've they've very notably left a gap either side of that date, so there's wiggle room if they want to like try and jam a replacement in, but we'll see. Yeah. Um. Then we have the first of two triple headers, which is the bonkers combination of Baku, Miami, and Imola as back to back races, which is That's just. ridiculous. It's madness, absolute madness. Um, Followed then by Monaco, which, after all of the the wrangling about, oh, will it, won't it? Of course, it's back on the calendar. It's Monaco. It was always going to be. Yeah. Um, They've signed a new three-year deal. I do
1: remember saying that.
0: (laughs) Yes. Funny, isn't it? That. Mm. Um, Then, yeah, usual European mid-season stuff with the detail they always do to Canada. Um, the big difference there is that the summer break is going to now follow Belgium rather than Hungary. They've moved the Belgian Grand Prix forward a bit. So that'll be the last race for the um, summer break, which will actually be the first time Belgium's ever been before the summer break since they've had a summer break. So wow. whether That's that'll be better or worse, weather-wise, remains to be seen. But that don't I don't mean, think really it make a difference. It's, it's I, could, I could hold the race literally any time of the year and you'd be clueless about the weather. Yeah. Um, then post-summer break is basically the same order this season, except the two new additions. So um, the Qatar Grand Prix is returning after a year away for the World Cup. Um, and then the second triple header is the USA Grand Prix, which is the one at Kota, followed by Mexico and Brazil, which actually sort of makes sense as a triple header. Yeah, I, mean, they're not, I have time for that. They're not exactly next door to each other on a global scale, but it's a lot closer than Baku, Imola and... Uh, Miami. Yeah, are these back to backs? Yeah, that's that's the only the triple header on the calendar. Um, and then season ends with a last back to back of Vegas and Abu Dhabi. W-
1: what they're going to go from Brazil yeah. back up to Vegas? That's yeah, well, that so seems th- a bit silly. I think but- I think
0: there's a two or three week gap between Brazil and Vegas. And then oh, Vegas. so they actually going to fly back to the UK. <laughs> yeah, and probably. Out me anyway. <laughs> and then Vegas, Abu Dhabi are a back-to-back to finish the season. Um. So yeah, I mean, gut feeling is that's a whole lot of races. Um.
1: Yeah, I have mixed feelings about it. Like I say this every time they launch a ridiculously long calendar, that is never going to do it. I don't think they'll do every race. I think China will probably disappear. Um but it is rough on like the teams and on the families and we're definitely at that point now where you're gonna the teams are gonna have to start looking at sort of having extra members of staff in order to cover these and
0: there's cost caps in place as well so what are they going to do with the cost cap are they going to exactly yeah you you can't just employ a new race team when there's a cost cap in place no one's going to do that yeah so it's it's quite a tricky sort of situation. They
1: can't. The teams can't be too happy about this, right? Am
0: I right in thinking that? Well, the teams aren't too happy about this for a, a number of reasons. Um, the, the chief one being that the FIA made this calendar announcement without any prior discussion or approval or collaboration with either the teams or with F1 themselves. <laughs> so you may have noticed that this calendar came out and then we suddenly had... Um, social posts from F1 um, confirming the new Monaco deal and confirming the Vegas date. That's because F1 apparently didn't know the FIA were going to do this and had to scramble to release some press releases to like, cover the stories that the FIA just decided to break without telling them.
1: It's a bit She's, weird, that, isn't it?
0: Very weird, yeah. Why would they do that? I don't know. It. It's. I think relationships between the FIA and F1 since last season have been a little strange, and I think this is maybe a symptom of that. But that's all very much hearsay. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't see
1: why they'd like tit for tat. Oh, we're going to release the calendar yeah. before telling you about it. That's just very seems, seems odd. really strange. Um, also, I didn't realise that the FIA determined the calendar. I thought Formula One management determined, determined the calendar. So that, that's
0: another thing that's sort of caught me by surprise. I never realised that it was the FIA calling the shots on when the I think I think ultimately it's the FIA that signed the deals of like, these are when the FIA World Championship events will take place. But ordinarily, that's more of a collaborative thing. But it's I mean, obviously there will have been some level of collaboration between them and, F- and F1. It's not like they just completely doorstep them with it, but the actual announcement of it, they seem to just take it on themselves to do. Um, but Not yeah, luck. like here's your race calendar. Yeah, Baby. good luck with that. Everyone knows already, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, no one's gone on the record, but from rumblings you see from journalists, it sounds like F1 like team bosses in particular have been pretty unhappy with this. Um, the other thing is hmm. that any flyaway triple headers are supposed to have prior approval from F1 teams, and they just went ahead and announced it without getting their approval. Which again. Pretty, pretty poor. Um, yeah, but they probably just agree anyway, though. Yeah, they, they were always going to agree way, anyway, yeah. but it's a it's a process thing, isn't it? Um, yeah, I,
1: but but then it's you know haven't we said like a number of times that we shouldn't necessarily be like relying? Well, I've said a number of times, shouldn't necessarily be relying on what the team well, yeah. necessarily want. It should be about there should be a bit more. Maybe I mean I don't know if this is maybe exactly the situation that this applies to really but it's not the same as like
0: deciding the rules but
1: yeah but I guess it's a step maybe it's a step maybe it is a step towards sort of a bit more independence from the FIA from F1 and the teams and I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing I don't think potentially not the teams should be dictating the formula to to the to the, to the authorities, yeah. You know? Like it seems, it's it's a strange thing to me. It always has been a weird thing to me that if it is um, them
0: stamping authority, this feels like a weird place to start. But yes, at least it, it is a start,
1: maybe. But this is Formula One. Remember the, n- the number of times they try to fix qualifying. That's just <laughs> yeah. not broken. Exactly, it's
0: just not broken. But we'll try and fix it anyway. Um. So, yeah. The other, the other thing I saw pointed out online around all this is that. Because there was no prior warning, there's now apparently been a scramble with like teams and journalists and the whole circus for hotel rooms and flights and stuff, and lots of hotels have been like jacking up their prices as a result. Um, and obviously, doesn't happen uh, every year. Well, normally I think uh, teams in particular will get a heads up so they can start planning these things beforehand. Um, oh i see and i think it's a particular issue for like feeder series teams because obviously they've got not got anywhere near the budget of f1 teams they can't just throw money at the problem so yeah you know it's either more cost for for smaller teams or it's personal having to like stay further from the circuit and they're already having to travel like further than ever
1: yeah but i think for journos and for people like the journalists don't get they yeah, not so much for the, the, the for anyone else. Like, it doesn't really make much much difference to them. Like, jack, prices are always going to be jacked. We live in a world. I don't necessarily think that prices being jacked up in this situation is symptomatic of that calendar being announced. I think it plays a part, but I think we live in a world where travel is a lot more aggressively priced, and events are a lot more aggressively I mean, aggressively priced. Than just look was. at Silverstone tickets. Exactly. You know, things, businesses are being way way more. Willing to gouge customers than they were maybe three years ago, yeah, know, as recently as three years ago. So, I think probably this is more a symptom of that than it is this calendar being announced. I think the two coincide is potentially. not potentially,
0: but... um, but it's, I mean, it's gonna be particularly rough for the likes of your F3 teams and your W series teams who are going to be like operating on a bit of a shoestring as it is. It's, um, it's not great either way. Uh No, it's but, not great. It, no. It, the whole thing
1: stinks a little bit really, doesn't it? It's yeah. bit, I mean the whole way it's got they've gone about it, silly. There, it is silly. I'm really. not denying that. Like I think think but I do think like a lot of the time these things do get blown out of proportion
0: on the internet. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like uh, a lot of the report on this makes it sound like like you say, it's like this weird tit for tat and I hate each other. It's probably not, it's yeah, probably it's not. just people not having sensible conversations about things and planning poorly, ultimately.
1: Yeah, it's all about that click life, though. If you're a journalist, go yeah, exactly. get them clicks.
0: Uh, a couple of things to note. So the FIA made a really big deal of how they avoided a clash with Le Mans because they want to like, support all motorsport and give fans the opportunity to watch everything, but then apparently failed to notice they booked a Belgian Grand Prix on the same weekend as the Spa 24-hour. So, great job there. Um the Spa 24 organisers have now had to move that race by about four weeks because F1 what? just came in and went, this is our date. And <laughs> That's so ridiculous. Well, no, F1 didn't. The FIA did. Well, yeah, the FIA did. It's, yeah, it, it's like, it, it would have been bad enough, but the fact that they went out of their way to be like, look how good we are. We avoided clashing with Le Mans. We let you watch all the things you want to watch, except the 24 hours of Spa. Like, come on, guys you're gonna do that do it properly
1: that's rubbish that's so silly yep
0: um yeah so vegas day confirmed to be saturday november 18th which is uh 10 p.m local start time which is <laughs> 6 a.m uk for us here in the uk let's have a race at a time that suits americans
1: at 10 p.m mm-hmm. <laughs> what so the race won't <laughs> <to> like midnight
0: <laughs> yeah what? what time does that make it for us then if that's 6 a.m here Oh my goodness! Yeah, they've also changed the track slightly. They've, for those of you that remember us describing the the Moomin circuit, they've now put a chicane part way around the Moomin's nose. <laughs> it looks like a pig. <laughs> it's it kind of like yeah. pig. a pig. Love it. What else is worth knowing on this? Um, Oh, yes, yeah, so the Qatar Grand Prix is going to be back at the La circuit. They originally talked about having a street track somewhere, which has gone kind of quiet. But then let's not forget that they signed a 10-year deal for a Qatar Grand Prix, so they have plenty of time to build their um, street circuit Yeah, because that's years. what we want, more street circuits. Um, and then as a last thing, obviously F1 likes to talk all about their push to reduce emissions and their talks about having a more sensible calendar and all of that. I saw somebody worked out that to travel to all the races, it'll be one hundred thirty-three thousand five hundred and seventy kilometers, which is just under eighty-three thousand miles, and that's if you never go home and only go to the races. <laughs> so,
1: oh god! <laughs> given so that, the times that vast... like by about ten, then yeah, and exactly. that's be The total.
0: Given that the vast majority Ooh. of F one's emissions comes from freight transport, not great. And. Wow as you say, people are going to want to go home. Funnily enough, I saw, um, as a side note, saw Andreas Seidel in uh, Heathrow Airport the other day.
1: Oh, you did? Yeah. yeah. You told me about this. That was quite yeah. funny.
0: Yeah. I was like waiting waiting at um, arrivals. Like, oh, that guy looks a lot like Andreas Seidel and just sort of didn't think anything of it and then glanced over and saw a guy in just head-to-toe McLaren garb meeting him to go and drive him home. It's like, oh, I guess it was him. Missed was my he chance driving to an amazing McLaren? I didn't see him for you I was like really hoping That I'd be able to leave At the same time To see what car they got into But alas I didn't
1: So does this mean You were travelling like In business class then
0: Chris Or in uh, first oh, class? Oh god no I was just I was just waiting At um, arrivals Oh oh yeah Of course you were Eating my bag him. of air uh, Marks and Spencers Calling the Caterpillars To give myself a bit of sugar To stay awake for the drive home Nice Living the high life <laughs> Okay um, anyway but yeah, anyway, that's the calendar. Any more thoughts before we move on? Um, not really. I mean, I mean,
1: you know, there's stuff on there I could stand to lose. Um, I don't necessarily think we we need Imola on that circuit, like on the calendar. I've, I mean... I've no, I've, I haven't been blown away by your race at Imola, really. I think things have happened there that have, circumstantially, that have made it an interesting race. But I think if you had a normal race there, it would be pretty average because it's just so tight.
0: Yeah. I mean, hats Um, off to the organisers of that race for somehow getting a deal at that circuit with the whole rest of the world apparently wanting Grand Prix. Like, Yeah. If you ever want to negotiate something, get the people who run that race on your side, because my goodness.
1: Yeah, uh, Miami again, Miami was a weird race for me. Like, weird experience that race weekend, just seeing that unfold and watching it.
0: I'm interested to see that race next year under slightly more normal circumstances like do you remember the first race at um kota as well there was like all the crazy fanfare and michael buffer doing the driver yeah. intros and yeah. the the cgi eagle shadow and all that weirdness and yeah.
1: then oh god the eagle shadow yeah I about eagle shadow. but then
0: like by the following year it had just kind of settled down into just a more normal race so yeah, yeah i'm interested to see what miami's like under what well, I hope will be more normal circumstances. More sane circumstances. I wonder if they'll <laughs> yeah. repeat
1: the uh, the fake pool and the fake marina.
0: Probably. Yeah. But then of course we've got Vegas, and who knows what that's gonna be like.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're already I mean, trotting I'm, I'm out kind the of excited for I that. I kind
0: of am. I've already seen like, do you remember Miami was the most anticipated Grand Prix of all time? I've I've already seen them trotting out that line for Vegas now. It's like, oh okay got yeah. record this and most anticipated that it's like can can we just have a race can it just be the, the, a there comes Prix? like
1: a point where like the hyperbole just becomes normal
0: it's just diminishing <laughs> returns isn't it it's like, yeah yeah like ugh. anyway uh, right okay yeah. next bit of news let's let's move on next bit of news uh have announced that yuki snowde is going to be keeping his seat for 2023 remaining with the team for a third season um Largely expected, I think. Um, I think the most interesting thing in this is that the press release. Normally, with these press releases, they're always like, "We'll be driving alongside so and so as a part of the team," and there was no mention of Gasly in the press release. And I think it probably says more about the other seat than Sonoda's seat, if anything. (laughs) Um, Which is a little bit harsh, but I, I feel I feel like if Gasly was staying at that team there would have been a smaller chance of Sonoda keeping the seat if that makes sense uh,
1: I also feel like if Gasly was staying in that team they would have already announced Gasly well they
0: have is the weird thing they kind of they did announce him ages ago and now it's like he's been semi-unannounced because they're talking about we're open to letting him go so Gasly's in like seat limbo at the moment um the sort of prevailing theory at the moment is that Gasly is going to be moving to Alpine and De Vries is now favourite to take his seat. But
1: He's in the, he's in the construct. <laughs>
0: just that white void of nothing yeah. and just a little TV screen and
1: Morpheus. with him.
0: <laughs> So I'm sure in the coming weeks we'll see how that shakes out. Williams, meanwhile, have confirmed that Latifi is leaving at the end of the season um, after three seasons together. Uh, he's managed two points finishes in those three seasons. Uh, seventh place in Hungary in 2021, and ninth place in the one lap Belgian Grand Prix, the same year. <laughs> uh, this year, he's the only full time driver yet to score, and in fact, at least one part time driver scored points this year as well. Yeah, um, again, I think
1: the writing was on the wall as soon as Debris yeah. showed up. You know, like you, we we said it all last week, but again, like the amount of, I think it did show that you need better drivers in that car i think Mm -hmm. the car is not the driver isn't delivering is it are they and i I think albon as well i don't think even albon's like quite sort of doing maybe what that car is capable of it's it's weird isn't it get in it and smash it (laughs) it's
0: well it's like i remember saying when russell was there it's like is Russell really that good or is Latifi just that bad? And we kind of... I almost feel like we're in a similar boat with Albon now. It's like Albon's obviously doing much, much better than Latifi, but it's an impossible comparison to make, isn't it? Because Latifi's yeah, when, doing when the bar is set so basically away. nothing. With you know, the yeah, greatest the- respect to the guy, he's bringing... Nothing to the table at the moment, yeah. Well, from
1: the outside, from what yeah. we can see, he's exactly, yeah. To the table, yeah. I mean, he's been there three years, so he must, yeah. I mean, other than obviously, he's bringing a bit of money to the table, oh, yeah. and, um, but there must be other things that he's bringing to the table. But I guess, like, yeah, see, running De Vries and seeing like the time difference and seeing that that what that car actually is capable of in the hands of real, you know, really, really real talent, then. Maybe it's been an eye-opener for them and just, yeah. just thought, you know what, we need to get some decent drivers in here because this is not sustainable.
0: Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, it sounds like De Vries is still potentially on Williams' radar. Obviously, they've got Logan Sargent, but they've got to wait to Abu Dhabi to see if he gets enough super-license points. Uh, like Giovinazzi's he's like Jovanazzi's name. is being bandied around at every empty seat at the moment. Um, no, Schumacher interested. could still potentially land at Williams as well.
1: What is going on with Schumacher?
0: Um, hold that thought. Until the okay. inbox, <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, uh, the seats slowly being filled now. Um, I doubt there'll be many empty seats after the next couple of races because they normally are sorted mm, out. Okay, Long so point the next the season,
1: your next section here looks like a, a, either a world of pain or a world of fun, depending on which side of the. the well, yeah. So I, I just,
0: I just saw this. I thought it an really interesting thing. Just to tag on before we get on to Singapore. Um, I mean, obviously, Verstappen, as we've said, it's his title now is a foregone conclusion. Can, I think he can technically win the title this weekend, can't he?
1: Yes, he can. Yeah, I think if, if he wins the, and the like eight for lower,
0: yeah, so it's entirely he, possible. He needs
1: to he needs to win and fastest lap and Leclerc yeah, at eight for lower, and he's got the championship. You know what? I part of me wants to see him do it. Part of me is like. I'd quite like to see someone do it this early in the season just yeah. to get it over with and then we can talk about something else. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it's coming. So we yeah. might as well just just get that done and then
0: we'll cut yeah, it then over we'll just, else yeah. not mention Verstappen again for the rest <laughs> of the season. He can just go off and win all the remaining races yeah. and then we'll concentrate on the rest. Um, so uh, there's a few records he can still get. He can't get the record for the earliest um, in a season that it has been wrapped up. He can still get the most points scored in the season. Obviously, that's like weirdly skewed because we've had a lot of different point systems over the years. But the current record is Hamilton got 413 points in 2019. Verstappen's got 335 and there's up to 138 still on offer. So that's very much up for grabs. Um, He could also get the biggest winning points margin um Vettel's got that record he won in 2013 by 155 points over Alonso. Um Verstappen's have got 116 ahead of Leclerc at the moment, so if they keep it's finishing doable. in the order um yeah. We
1: should point out that at this point in the season Leclerc isn't actually second in the championship is he is third because Perez is second in the championship,
0: I thought they were right. equal second on points. Oh, they're the equal. Moment. Oh, maybe they are
1: actually. I need to double check this. It's been a few weeks, so um, Yeah. Having a bit of Formula One rest.
0: <laughs> Either way, he can get that record.
1: Yeah, and e- e- even if if Perez is like if Perez is ahead of him, then still Verstappen's champions. Verstappen's championship. You know, yeah, exactly. If, totally. if, if Perez is ahead of Leclerc, Verstappen's still going to. I mean, Perez is not going to beat Verstappen, is he? So,
0: well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that that will not be allowed. Yeah, look. Le, no, Leclerc is
1: Leclerc's. Leclerc's second on 219 points, and Perez's third on 210 points.
0: Oh, okay. Maybe you're thinking like a race behind or something.
1: Yeah, I think a race back. They were tied. Yeah, and then last race they the, the gap sort of built back. In right. Okay. Leclerc's favour. Sorry.
0: I'm like. Anyway. We're t- two weeks behind. Three weeks behind ourselves. Anyway. Uh, He could also get the record for the most wins in a season. So that's currently 13 wins, which Schumacher did in 2004 and Vell did in 2013. Uh, Verstappen's on 11, so he only needs two more wins to um, match that uh, with six races to go. Um, Obviously, Schumacher did that in a lot less races. But interestingly, if Verstappen wins the next two races, he actually will tie what Schumacher did and win 13 races out of 18 which is crazy that he's that close to that record um, yeah. but I'd be very surprised if he doesn't finish this season with the most wins in the season um, yeah it'd
1: take a lot I think at this point because like, like you know, like we've said all season you don't know what Mercedes are showing up from week to week yeah. the Ferrari Ferrari can have the quickest car if they like but they just can't win races even when they've got the quickest car and the best driver so well arguably one of the best drivers um or two of the best drivers really so yeah you, you're just in a position where there's no competition for him I think that's the problem this season like it's
0: the only constant it, really is Verstappen and Red Bull <laughs> turning up and being yeah. fast like everything yeah, else at least just... like
1: at least when Mercedes you know at least back in 2016 when Mercedes had that year where they just won everything they, at least it was close enough between their two drivers Rosberg and Hamilton that yeah. you had like a fight for the championship um but, yeah, it just doesn't seem to be the case, does it,
0: this, this no. season? Uh, and then the last record he can still get is the most consecutive wins. Um, he's currently on five wins in a row. Uh, the record is nine, which is held by Vettel in 2013, and the in 1952 <laughs> at opposite ends of the F1. Wow. <laughs> timeline there. Dug um, deep into the
1: history books there, Chris.
0: Yeah, I mean, I didn't. Someone else did, not I stole it. But, you know, hmm.
1: podcasting.
0: But that's the internet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, right, should we talk about Singapore?
1: Yeah, let's talk about Singapore. Um, first one in a couple of years. Not had a Singapore race for a while now. Um, Mercedes are probably champing at the bit to mm-hmm. uh, to get to this one. It's probably the one that they, of the remaining races, I think this one, maybe Kota, maybe Suzuka, are the three they'll be looking at, hoping to perform well. Um, they don't know. We don't know what car is going to arrive in Singapore, Motor <laughs> or Suzuka. So I don't think Mercedes do either. No, I don't think they do. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like my that's fun, that's really my first storyline is which Mercedes are we going to get? We've had that storyline before this season, but it is a bit of theme. And on paper, this does look like having you know having had a season of racing, half a season, more than half a season of racing now. This does appear to be the kind of track that they should be able to do okay at. So I
0: mean Mercedes have said that based on their simulations this should be one of their best tracks of the season. But then again, their simulations being accurate has probably been one of their problems this season, so Yeah. Uh, who
1: knows? Who knows? Who knows? Certainly Mercedes don't. Um the next one is Ferrari. Can Ferrari sort of do something about Verstappen's charge to the, the title I do fear that Ferrari have kind of gone off the boil at this point in the season and maybe their development hasn't sort of kept pace with Red Bulls it looks mm-hmm. like Red Bull have sort of taken a lot of weight out of that car and obviously we all know as soon as you take weight out of a car then you, you, you gain everywhere mm-hmm. all, every single aspect of the car you gain you, you gain better tyre wear better through the
0: corners better down the straights it's just better to be lighter, um, and it has been F- one of the F- big areas of development this season. It's just teams trying to take weight out of the cars. Like Red Bull have done tons of weight reduction work yeah. on that car.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, so, I think yeah, just Ferrari, on, just on yeah, just on Ferrari. I, I do think that if there's one place that car shines, it's in traction zones, and obviously there's a lot of slow speed corners at yeah. Singapore, so it's maybe going to suit them a bit better than more recent tracks I mean
1: and... it could be you know it could be so yeah to, ideally like the, the case will be this weekend that both Mercedes and both Ferraris are faster than both Red Bulls that's kind of what we need for to, to eke this championship out as far yeah. as we can um, add a bit of spice either that or just Verstappen please just win it <laughs> but um, just get it done yeah just just win it already but um, in terms of Red Bull dominance so third storyline Red Bull yeah, um, based on those other two things, if the correct Mercedes shows up and they get it set up and it's not being a a, 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 you know, a diva, is diva even the right word? A, a, <laughs> a, 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 I can't even say what I want to say on a podcast about that car. Um, Use your imagination. <laughs> yeah, if they get the right, if, if the right Mercedes shows up and if the right Ferrari, if Ferrari can get their act together this weekend, then. You know, we might be in a position where Red Bull have to wait a little bit for for their championships, mm-hmm. and I'm sure both Ferrari and Mercedes will be doing everything they can to to make it so that they that is the case. The Red Bull potentially this this is a circuit that it's the kind of circuit that I feel like the Red Bulls have haven't necessarily been, you know, the quickest at. You know, if you look at um, even though they have managed to win. The Dutch Grand Prix. They certainly weren't the quickest car at the Dutch Grand Prix. They just got everything right, and it all fell for them. Um, So yeah, I can see Red Bull struggling a little bit at this circuit, Um, and maybe I don't think they're going to fall into the clutches of like the midfield, but definitely they could. It's it's a realistic possibility that they could be behind both the Ferrari and the Mercedes, which Leclerc will obviously be absolutely. Loving, if that's the case, because it means he can try and do something about this huge lead that Verstappen's got. Especially if both Mercedes and both Ferraris are ahead, you know, because that's a big yeah. chunk chunk of points. If if Leclerc can win this race with, like, three cars, or even four cars, in between um, he and Verstappen, then that goes a long way to sort of getting him back in the mix. Um, but Plus,
0: Ferrari need points in constructors as well to fend off Mercedes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But... Realistically, Ferrari, I mean, I can't see. I don't see Ferrari as a, as, a, as someone who would rather Mercedes win. I don't, I literally don't see Ferrari as a threat right now to either of those two teams. I feel like Mercedes are probably doing a better job so. than Ferrari at the moment. It's going to be a Mercedes Red Bull fight this weekend again. I would say so, yeah. Um, but I would like to see Ferrari in the mix at the front. Mm hmm. And the, those are the storylines I've got this week. I'm not going to bother with the rest of the midfield because it's just too there's there's too much going on. There's too much driver movement happening. There's too yeah. Much, there isn't, but I know, think there's the, too much. All the talk is about the drivers and where everyone's yeah. going at the moment. There's not a lot of like interesting
0: interesting stuff going on in the midfield in terms of who's doing what. So yeah, the big the only big thing really is the LP McLaren fight for fourth, which um, Alpine have very much been on top of in recent races, but they also had a shocker in Monza and. McLaren sort of failed to capitalize on that with Ricardo retiring, but um, you know Ricardo seems to have been on a bit of an upward trend, so maybe McLaren can take the fight back a little bit.
1: Yeah, um, so again, and again, you, you want to see it. Uh, you don't want to see Ricardo sort of bowing out on a on a damp squib almost. You want to see him mm-hmm. sort of do do have a good end to the season, and then it gives it puts him in a better position for. Yeah, definitely when he's trying to get himself another seat,
0: doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, another thing we should mention, which has just come from Sarah in the chat, is will mm. Albon be driving? I suspect the answer is no. And if I not... I would be surprised if he was after that. I'd be very I'd have been surprised if he came back just after appendix surgery, let alone all the uh, complications he went through. Yeah, especially so, in the Formula One car. Like, yeah, and especially in Singapore, <laughs> where they lose like five kilos in... Uh, liquid or something probably De Vries again I would imagine I'd like to see De Vries back yeah it'd be funny if like he had that amazing race in Monda and like every team is you now trying to sign him it'd be funny if he you now turns up to Singapore and has an absolute shocker you're a cruel cruel man sometimes <laughs> you know
1: for someone so nice you come out with the most horrendous things sometimes on this
0: on this show I think it's funny to see all the teams be like, oh, actually, did we get a bit overexcited? (laughs) Not that I want that to happen, but you know. Um, Shoot and Freud. Right, next one. Right. Next thing. Productions time. Um, I guess off the back of that, we should say that for now, I think Albon will remain on the list in predictions. Um, If you want to choose him for any of your predictions and he ends up not driving we will just sub in his replacement for any of the predictions that you make if that makes sense yep that makes sense to um, me. if you're choosing Albon just think that you're choosing that car whoever happens to be in said car cs um, so yeah, makes some predictions um, it's looking like it might be very rainy in Singapore this weekend which could make things very Ooh, interesting
1: that um, is bad if you're a, if that's bad for Mercedes really
0: good for Ferrari yeah. Um so I'm gonna make you go first. Who's your fastest in Q3? Um I'm gonna go Hamilton. Ooh, he's done it. I'm gonna do it. He's gone and done it. I'm I was really tempted to say Hamilton as well. I still might. He's so good at this circuit. Yeah, he is. I think he I think him and no, I think Vettel's got the most wins there and Hamilton's second. And he did do the best lap, maybe, of all time there. God, the weather looks terrible there, doesn't it? Wow. Oh, this might my- be
1: a. Could might have been for a washout at this rate, yeah. <laughs> looking at that weather report.
0: Um, I'm going to say. I'm going to say signs, actually. I nearly said Leclerc, but with the addition of some rain, I think that might be signs territory. Okay which has me first choose a winner. D- do I go against the Verstappen streak is the question here, isn't it, really? Verstappen's not going to win a race. This is one of them. Yeah, well, this is the other thing. Like, this is the other reason why a lot of people want Verstappen to win, don't they? because if he wins this
1: one, then that's five in a row that he equals. Uh... This would be
0: sixth in a row if he won this one.
1: Yeah, so he's already equal to Hamilton, right? Is that right? something like that I think yeah I don't know and a couple of other driving Vettel as well got a um, got a five streak can no Sainz win this
0: five. do you know what sod it I'm going to say signs for the win okay
1: um, I'll go I think I'll go Hamilton because it's good in it's tyres and if he can get pole he'll, he
0: should be able to win oh, I think as the chat is saying that might be the first double Ham we've had all year yeah it could be which, given that that used to
1: be what we all said every week... Well, I think, I think you know, over over the course of the season, they have sort of got better oh, yeah. at getting that car where they need it. So It's I not it's, an it out of
0: prediction at all. No.
1: Well, um, I mean, I, we say that now. Wait until well, FB1. Yeah. See what Mercedes shows up. I'm just guessing. <laughs> I'm literally... I mean, if you look at my points on the table, I, there's been ones that I haven't even put into the system this season because <laughs> I know
0: I'm not going to win, so... <laughs> Um, who have you got for first DNF um,
1: I'm thinking my instinct just went Schumacher was my first my gut just went straight to Schumacher then because it made me think because it's it's kind of like the the walls remind me mm. of um, Jeddah yeah. where Schumacher had obviously quite a big one it is the sort of track that punishes people who are pretty renegade so yeah he can be quite renegade so, and I don't think he would have raced here
0: before either no he hasn't so yeah Schumacher he, ne- he hasn't raced here before um, I'm waiting for Discord to help me out does never raced there if De Vries does he will never race there Latifi is the other one apparently oh and Joe as well Guanyu there we Joe.
1: go yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's you're saying difficult yeah? difficult circuit as well the focus is such a long race the focus they need to yeah. keep so, yeah, who are you having?
0: Who am I having? See, I'm the thing is we've we've pre-picked the random driver this week so Tom could sort out the system. So I'm my gut said Sonoda, but am I gaming the system because I already know Sonoda's a random driver this week? I think if your gut said Sonoda. I think I'm gonna just stick with my gut. I don't want to game my own system. Uh number of finishers. Um It's normally fairly small as well. There's normally quite a lot of uh, retirements there. If you look at the stats of previous years, you're basically guaranteed at least one safety car. Yeah. Um, Which may be a reason not to vote for Hamilton for a win. Yeah. In the rain Um, as well. I'm going to go bold and say 14 finishers. I'm going to say 16. The magic number. That means he's definitely going to be 15 then. Yep. Um, and then as I've already ruined our random drive this week is Yuki Tsunoda who you got um, well where, are you gonna where put have you got where you,
1: sorry are you, you going to put your excuse me are you going to put your money where your mouth is
0: yeah I've got to if I'm going to do it I'm going to do it I'm putting him last
1: uh, I think he'll finish I think do you want to know his recent finishing positions nah okay. um But you can tell me, if you've got them in front of you, you can tell me.
0: Uh, I'm sure the audience would love to know. It's not great reading. Um, Going backwards, his last race is 14th, retired, 13th, 19th, retired, 16th, 14th, retired. Yeah. Nobody in the points in Spain. thinking about 14th was where
1: I was going to go, so yeah, 14th.
0: Cool. Um, So that's what we think. Um, I'm sure Tom will put his in when he's back from his fact-finding mission at the Porsche factory. Um, The predictions are already open as we speak on the website, so you can go to backoftherid.com and um, enter your predictions, um, sign up for free, all the good stuff. You can also find a link there to our grid rival league. Um, Make sure you've got all your teams um, fully stocked by the next race, because I'm sure over the the gap a few contracts might have expired. I need to check mine. Um, So, yeah, we'll revisit this in a week's time to see how we all did. But... To finish off this week we've got a couple of things in the inbox first this week from dennis was thinking about the only 20 seats available um, that we've talked about the last couple of weeks i guess um, and thought of an idea that might solve it maybe teams should just be allowed to run three cars per team give them a third more for the budget cap and maybe reward those who do with some more wind tunnel and cfd time but that third seat can only be used for a driver with three years or less driving experience in F1. main problem I see is that I think this will probably be only realistic for the richer teams, and with the extra data from the third car, the gap between the teams will even get bigger.
1: Yeah, the other thing then you've got is the Constructors' Championship as well. So do they gain Constructors' points from that third car or not?
0: Because not everyone will be able to run three cars, yeah. wouldn't they? I guess you just could say you only score the top two cars, but... You could say that, but then
1: I suppose for the team, teams championship, I think that's fine. Mm-hmm. But that does kind of fly in the face of it. Kind of like stops, it removes an incentive for them to have that third car as well. A lot of the teams would be like, "Well, if I can have a third car, I'm going to do it because I can get extra points." <laughs> yeah, higher up the uh, constructors championship. So exactly. You, you could see teams stretching themselves to get that third car. But if you don't give them the points for a the car, then there's very little incentive for the teams proper to. To actually run that third car, I yeah. Think. Other
0: than to get in other cars' way, basically. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Um, plus, when, it'd I kind don't... of be a free test session. I, I imagine the big teams would probably just use the third car to test things. As a mule, yeah. It'd be a yeah. test mule.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't hate the idea, but I think the only way it works is if all teams have three cars. Yeah. I think that'd give us a really nice, packed-out grid. Mm-hmm. That'd be an absolute spectacle to watch us start from, and just races in general would be better with more cars, I think. But not that that there's much wrong with the races now, but still more cars certainly would not hurt proceedings. Yeah, definitely. Um, But my own feeling
0: uh,
1: above all is I I don't feel like this is the right way about it. I think if the formula was set up right in the first place, you'd just have more teams and you'd just have more drivers as a result of that. So, you know, like I keep saying, like ideal world will have... All the existing teams that we've got on the grid, then we'll have Porsche, and we'll have Audi, and maybe Andretti or some Drive or someone else yeah. to 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 bring what they've got to the table to the grid, and um, absolutely, yeah, like, have some good racing from that.
0: Like having a third car is something some of the bigger teams have pushed for in the past, but as you say, it's sort of allowing existing teams to run a third car just feels like a plaster over the problem of. Not having enough teams or not having yeah. more teams. Um, it's a very Formula One solution. Yeah, so, um, it, it really means it, is. Because we've said no, it means it's going to happen in <laughs> the next year or two. And obviously, they do it in like IndyCar. Some the bigger teams run three cars, and so, like sometimes for the 500, they will run four cars. But they're all running the same car with one of two engines. There's not really. No, yeah, means. it's not like they're developing. Is it's it? It's not like a development were, advantage.
1: though. I think yeah, that's the thing. It's the development advantage that sort of really sort of puts the brakes on this this idea for me. But I think yeah. it, it, the the idea is the idea of having more drivers on the grid is there, and it's yes, yeah. it's, it's what we want. But I just I'm not 100 percent sure this will be
0: the way I'd go about it. Yeah, I don't think so either.
1: Okay, uh, next one is from Kilowog and he asks where do we see ah ah Chris where see, do we it see all comes Mick around Landi- <laughs> <laughs> and we've come full circle where do we see Mick landing now that his seat at Haas seems to be gone
0: and the musical chairs are ending with him seatless it's a good question um, it looks like he's losing his Haas seat it's also looking like he's going to be leaving the Ferrari driver programme
1: where has this come from though this is what I meant this is this is where I was going earlier like
0: what's going on with Schumacher I don't know um, obviously Haas don't think Haas ultimately it sounds like Haas think that a different driver would have got better results out of that car which I don't think is a million miles from the truth um, is he not beating Magnussen though no I don't is think he so not? Pretty look. sure he's not.
1: Driver standings. Mick Schumacher, twelve points. Oh yeah. magnussen has got another ten on top of him, twenty-two. So Magnussen twelve. Schumacher down in fifteenth.
0: Yeah. So the I think the Ferrari driver academy thing is that. Um, by him leaving the Ferrari driver academy, he's then free to, go anywhere he wants for a seat, basically. Rather than Ferrari having a hand in where he goes. And obviously Ferrari are going to be quite controlling in where he ends up. Yeah. Um, whether that means he thinks he can get the Williams seat, possibly the Alfa seat, I don't know. But they are... That or Alpine. Well, that's the only three options left. I don't think... Yeah, I think if you're shooting... Alfa aren't going to take him.
1: No, Alfa and are uh, bad a bad place for Schumacher to go as well. He will get just run around yeah, and he'll have, he's, he's wasting his time going to that team because he's yeah. never going to be in the actual Red Bull team.
0: He'd just be keeping a seat warm for someone winning. they actually want.
1: Yeah, if he goes there as a seat warmer, he really needs to go. I mean, Haas is never going to be a championship winning team in, in its current... Situation like it's not you can't see Haas going and winning teams, winning championships, can you? not no, for, not years for years a long time. Things that have to, big things that have to change for Haas yeah. to suddenly be in a position where they're, you know, in the top tier of F one. Um, Aston Martin maybe could be a good direction for him to replace Vettel. Have, have they finished the, finalise their driver lineup yet, Aston?
0: Yeah, yeah, they're all set. They've got. Alonso and Stroll in the race seats and they've got um, Drogovic as their reserve driver now as well so they are sorted. Hmm. Um, I think Williams is the only real chance he's got and I can't see I I, I, unfortunately I think Mick might be leaving the grid. Um, So who replaces him then? It's looking like Polkenberg or Giovinazzi are the top names being Around. See, like, why yeah Ferrari really <laughs> seemed to want him back in the car do they or has he just got a bunch of cash I don't think he has I don't really think he brings much cash with him to be honest was he
1: that good
0: he was great in Formula 2 he never seemed able to do it in Formula 1 um, I think maybe part of it is that Ferrari like having an Italian driver around um, <laughs> just around but- yeah, I mean, he has like he he always has a decent reputation. I mean, like some of the chat said, he's apparently very good at simulator work, and I think that's why they want him doing these FP1 sessions for like um, uh, calibrating simulator work yeah, with yeah, real yeah, yeah. tracks. Of but, does he deserve to be back on the grid? I'm not so
1: sure. Is he bringing? You know, is he really bringing that much to the table? I I, I would much prefer to
0: see new faces than Jim I would as well. Although. Halkenberg Magnuson as a driver pairing would be fireworks, and I'd love to see it. I, yeah, I would enjoy that. <laughs> Even if that just for one good. season, where everything's on fire the whole time, it yeah. would be pretty fun to watch. That would be good. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think his destiny at this point um, lies outside Formula One. Maybe I like Ferrari entering WEC within the next few years. Maybe that'll be a, a route for him. Yep, yeah, could be. Could be yeah speaking of which have you seen the new um, BMW uh, Enduro car
1: oh yes it looks nice
0: it's so good I think they're doing um, Daytona for next year and then entering WEC a year or two after it's very cool it's was... such a weapon the future of endurance racing is so bright right now I love it yeah but anyway this, that's... these
1: are like the early cars as well aren't they for yeah for it so yeah. good it's gonna look rad
0: but that's probably a different podcast yeah um but that just about wraps us up for this week i think so we're we'll back in a week's time to review the singapore grand prix as we already said backthegrid.com is where you can go to enter predictions league to get the link to our grid rival uh you can contact us through there you can also find some on all the social media things and contact us That way, or you can go to patreon.com forward slash backthegrid to see how to get involved with the Discord. But that will do us, so we'll speak in a week's time. Thanks, as always, for joining us, and goodbye. Bye.